Do you want to live forever? Forever in the mind of a child? At least in the mind of a poor child who doesn't see it coming? This is what you do. You give them something. Unexpected. Something just for them. And that child, I promise you, that child will never forget. When I was six, my uncle, he handed me $5, which to me might as well have been $5 million. Me with unlimited funds to spend right away on now and letters and milk duds and juicy fruit candies and Tootsie Rolls, bottle caps, all the stuff I saw the other kids with and still, still have a little bit left over for ice cream. Lord, you couldn't tell me nothing that day. You couldn't tell me nothing. I remember tearing the wrapping paper from a used set of Encyclopedia Botanicas. My mother grinning at my delight, her laughing that just maybe the answers to all my questions she couldn't answer, they might lie within those dark pages. I remember. Most of all, though, most of all, I remember looking out from our second story window and seeing my father carrying a red bicycle with a bow on it. I almost fainted. Passed out cold. Never been more excited. There's something special about receiving something special. And there's something else every poor kid knows as well. Presents? Gifts, they come with strings attached. The nicer the present, the more the strings. So today, on Snap Judgment, we proudly present The Gift. My name is Ben Washington. I'm a grown man. I'm a grown man. So I'm going to go buy me some candy right now. Because you're listening to Snap Judgment. We begin with a story about the strange and complicated relationship between children and their parents. Snap's Anna Sussman spoke with Jaime Cortez concerning a story he wrote about himself, his father, and a very special gift. Snap Judgment. Tell me where the story takes place. Uh, It's all happening on a migrant farm worker camp. It was pretty common for uh, large ranchers to provide kind of basic housing for seasonal uh, farm laborers. Uh, And so these were labor camps. And this Uh, is where you grew up? And that's where I grew up, yeah, in San Juan Batista in a labor camp there. That was my my earliest. What what was the housing like? It did not have indoor plumbing like in terms of bathrooms. So we had outhouses. um, And they tended to be small. They were either one bedroom or two bedroom for a small family. Um, And they were all kind of clustered together, surrounded by fields that were where usually it would be tomato uh, or lettuce growing. Uh, Yeah. And as a kid, did you and your sister farm, do the farm work? Uh, Yes. At that time, it was also really common for children to be out uh, working, especially during harvest. You know, by the time we were 10, we had worked harvesting a bunch of different kinds of crops, including potatoes and apples and pears and garlic and onions and cucumbers. Uh, Your dad's in the story you're going to tell. Tell me about your dad. Uh, My dad was like an incredibly... uh, hardworking man. His work ethic was tremendous. Uh, He was also a hard man. He 
definitely had some very set ideas about what a man should be like. And tell me about the story you're going to tell us today. Uh, this is a story um, called El Gordo, uh, and it's it's very much, um, I think, the story of, you know, I, as I wrote the story, I really started thinking about how, in some ways, you know, a child can land in the life of a parent like a space alien sometimes. They're just so different from the parent. Every time. Yes. Oh, is that right? Okay. See, I, I didn't, it was just something that, it, in this case, it was a rather dramatic one because you had this very kind of blue collar, rough and ready uh, kind of dad with a sissy boy. <laughs> so, How old are you in this story? In the story, uh, I'm about nine. Great. Okay, take it away. Today, I got a surprise. I was in bed reading Encyclopedia Brown Saves the Day in my bunk. I heard the station wagon park in the spot right next to where my window is like always. My pa was home from the flea market. Every Sunday, he goes there. I heard Ba open the front door, call my name, and stomp across the kitchen right into the little bedroom where me and Sylvie's bunk beds are. And he put a big box down on the floor right next to my bed. It was wrapped up in a rope tied in a messed up bow on the top. My name, my real name, not Gordo, was written on it in big, ugly letters. What's that, I ask? A present, says Pa. It wasn't my birthday. It wasn't Christmas. So I was surprised to get a present. For me? Really, Pa? Correcto. It's yours, Gordo. Why? Just because, says Pa. Oh my God. A just because present. Pa starts laughing, takes out his pocket knife, and pulls out the blade. I cut the rope off the box and open the top. It's a present that has extra presents inside. I see bags, boxes, stuff wrapped in plastic. I pull out the first thing. It's a black leather thing shaped like a flat pear. All right. You like it? I think so, Pa. But what is it? It's a speed bag. It's like a punching bag. We just got to put some air in it, hang it up, and then you can start punching with these. And he rips open a blue paper bag and he pulls out two puffy red gloves that make me think of clown shoes and I laugh at them. What's so funny? Nothing. I just think they look kind of funny. They're not funny. They're boxing gloves. You use them to hit the punching bag and maybe hit somebody in the ring one day. Huh? What do you think? Oh. So far, this is a bad present. Where'd you get all this boxing stuff? At the Pulga, of course. All kinds of new things this week. Boxing and lucha libre wrestling things for boys. People were buying it like pan caliente. Look in the box, hijo, there's more. Ooh, shiny white boxer boots with silver stripes and shoelaces and little dangly things on the side. I look up at my pa. Thank you, pa. These are so pretty. Dad just looks at me. He opens his mouth like he's going to say something, but he don't say nothing. And then he breathes real heavy like he's tired and says, 
<sighs> Keep going, hijo. I reach into the box. Yes! A Lucha Libre mask of my favorite wrestler, El Santo. I look up at my pa. My mouth is open like some pendejo because I can't believe it. He smiles at me and he says, It's all for you, hijo. Keep going. There's a bag in the box and I open it up. <gasps> a jump rope. Wow, pa. A jump rope, I say. This is the best thing. I feel like maybe I'm going to cry. I look up at my dad and I almost can't say it, but finally I say, Pa, I've been wanting my own jump rope forever and Sylvie never wants to loan me hers, but now, anytime I want to, I can play jump rope. It's not just for playing. It's for exercise, hijo, so your heart and your legs can get stronger and you can burn off the fat, get really strong to box or to wrestle. You know how Muhammad Ali is the black Superman? Yeah, he's the best. Well, Gordo, you can be the brown Superman. <laughs> Float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. Un boxeador or a wrestler bien fantastico. You just have to train hard. Do you want to put on the mask? Yes, pa. I grab it and try to put it on, but I can't. Pa takes the mask and unties the laces, opens it up, and puts it on my head and pulls it down hard. I can feel him tying the laces in the back. When he finishes, it's really tight, and it's pulling my hair, and my ears kind of bent, and it hurts, but I don't care. I love this. Turn around, Gordo, says Pa. Look at yourself in the mirror. I walk over to the mirror. I look cool. I look very cool. My Pa stands behind me. I hold my arms up and make a muscle, and he reaches down to try to pull off my shirt. I don't want to take off my shirt in front of him, and I grab it and try to pull it back down. Gordo, take it off. I don't want now. I take it off, and I feel kind of naked or something, and I don't like it. He tells me to look in the mirror again. I look. Wow, I look even more like El Santo now. He's smiling. I feel like El Santo. It's okay. Let's go outside so I can teach you jumping the rope. I already know how, Pa, I say. When I play jump rope with Sylvia and the girls, I can beat them sometimes. I grab my jump rope and follow him. My pa looks pretty excited when he sees me jump. Caramba, gordo! You got good reflexes, mijo. Good feet. I never seen him so happy before, and I start to jump faster and faster, and when the rope hits the ground, little rocks and dust come up. My pop is watching me, and I start to sing my favorite jump rope song. I'm a little princess dressed in blue. Here are the things I like to do. Salute to the captain. Bow to the queen. Turn my back on the submarine. Don't, he says. Don't what, I ask. Don't sing that song. I stand there. And I'm breathing hard from jumping, but I'm also thinking hard. His face is red. If the next thing I say is the wrong thing, I'm going to get hit. 
Should I sing a different song? I ask. No, no singing. Just jump the rope and counting. Just count, okay? Okay, I say. I'll count. I jump faster and keep on counting. Every time I miss, I start again and try harder and harder. My face feels hot in the Santo mask, and I want to take it off. But I start jumping some more. My legs feel like they're burning, and I'm in a cloud of dust. Papa looks happier, and I think he's not gonna hit me, and he's not gonna shout, and everything is not bad. Caramba, hijo! That's good how you do it. You're big, but you're fast, hijo. You can be a great boxer. You want to box, right? I, I don't know. Maybe. Just try. You can do it. Okay, I'll try. I gotta take a shower now, hijo. You keep training, okay? Yes. I start jumping rope and counting. It's not as fun as singing, but it's okay. After a while, I start singing instead. Then I hear somebody behind me say. You think you're the best, but you're not, Gordo. I turn around. <gasps> It's Miguelito from across the camp. Whoa! He has a new Santo mask too, and knee pads, and a blue cape. He's not wearing no shirt, and you can see all his bones in his chest. But the cape is pretty, and he looks good standing there with his bony legs all open like a superhero. I didn't say I was the best, Miguelito. But you're wearing the Santo mask, ese, and Santo's the best, so you think you're the best. You know that old mattress someone threw out behind the tractor barn? Yeah, the one we jump on. Yeah, that one. You and me, we can have a championship fight on that mattress. I challenge you. You are El Gordo. I'm not El Gordo. I'm El Santo. Can't you see my mask? If you win the world championship fight, then you are El Santo. But if you lose, you are El Gordo forever. And I'm gonna rip off your mask, and everyone can see who you are forever—the big, fat, greasy Gordo. I'm not afraid of you, Miguelito. You ain't no big deal, man. Just because you're always lying on your butt reading your books, nobody thinks you're a big deal because you're reading books. We walk out together to the mattress, leaning on the back wall of the tractor barn. We drag it to a place where the ground is flat. The mattress is nice and big, so we have room to move around. He begins making animal noises at me. He comes running and he pushes his head into my stomach. I go oof, and I fall back on the mattress. He jumps on me. He grabs me by the neck and starts strangling me. Damn. Miguelito is fast. I roll, and he rolled with me, and I'm on top. I grab him by the hands and start pushing them down until I have him crucified on the mattress. And suddenly he's on top of me and trying to crucify me. I roll myself over and try to get his arms off me, but I can't. Then I just fall backwards and I land on top of him, and he rips a big old fart. Everything stops. Miguelito gets up and says, "Hey, you know how to do the airplane?" "Yeah, I know," I say. "Let's do the airplane then." I grab him by one arm and one leg. 
and I lift him off the ground and begin to spin in circles. He's shouting. I keep spinning him faster and faster, and he's laughing and screaming, and I feel strong, like a big, giant superhero. Boss, man! Then it gets too fast, and I lose my grip, and Miguelito goes flying past the mattress, and he skids into the dirt. Oh, he lands on his face and his chest, and he goes, ugh. I run to Miguelito. His mask's all crooked, but I can see part of his mouth. It's wide open. His brand new mask has blood around the mouth and the nose, and he has a big raspberry on his chest. He's crying. Miguelito fixes his mask. He looks at me and says, Why'd you drop me, ese? I'm sorry, man. It's an accident. I, I couldn't hold on. I'm sorry. Miguelito thinks for a moment, and we're both quiet, and then someone shouts at us, Hey! What the hell happened? It's my pa. He's walking to us. His hair is still wet from the shower. He looks pretty mad. He looks down at Miguelito. Get up, Miguelito. Then Pa looks at me. What's he gonna say? Gordo. Yes, Pa? You won. I won? Yes, hijo. You won your first fight. He puts one hand on my shoulder and squeezes. He smiles at me. Then he walks away. Miguelito walks away behind Pa. His head is down. The shiny blue cape has a rip. Miguelito turns around, looks at me, flips me off. I can't look at him, and instead I look down at my pretty silver boots. I reach back and begin to open up the laces on my mask. <sighs> my hair is wet, the air feels good, but I don't feel good. I look at my beautiful silver mask. I won, I say. I won. Thank you, Jaime, for sharing that story with us. Jaime Cortez is a writer and visual artist based in Northern California. His upcoming book of humorous, semi-autobiographical short stories will be released soon. You can find out more about Jaime on our website, snapjudgment.org. The original score for that story was by Clay Xavier. It was produced by Anna Sussman. Hey, Snappers, we've got some big news. And we know that even as society trembles under generations of inequality, that stories that pull listeners into someone else's world are more important than ever. And we're proud, we're super proud to double down on the mission that started Snap in the first place, ensuring that voices from all walks of life have a place on our airwaves. So in an epic joining of forces, PRX will become the distributor of Snap Judgment beginning July 1st. Snap Judgment has grown into 
a platform for extraordinary stories, for extraordinary storytellers and amazing perspectives. We're super honored to enter this new chapter alongside our audience of loyal listeners. And you're still going to be able to tune into Snap on the radio and wherever you get your podcasts. Tune in, subscribe. We want to make sure you don't miss a single beat. So as we fiddle with the tubes and the wires, make sure Snap stays on your feed by subscribing or resubscribing to Snap on whatever app you use for your podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to our stories, for sharing our stories, for supporting us and representing Snap Nation. We appreciate it.